This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Are you confident that you are prepared for Christ's return? What does it mean to live expectantly? We're going to talk about that in today's message for bridesmaids, servants, sheep, and goats. Be prepared. In the Apostles' Creed, Christians profess that Jesus will come again and judge the living and the dead. So for the next three weeks, we're going to look at what Jesus said about how to live as we wait for that great day to happen. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we worship today grateful that you are in charge of this world. Help us to live confidently and obediently to your glory and your honor. Amen. Hear these words of Jesus from Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul 
my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art When through the woods And forest glades I wander And hear the birds Sing sweetly in the trees When I look down From lofty mountain grandeur And hear the brook And feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art And when I think That God His Son not sparing Sent Him to die I scarce can take it in that on a cross my burdens gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And when Christ shall come, with shout of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art great thou art then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art how great Imagine this. It's late afternoon and you are supposed to host a dinner party that evening. You're not really ready. 
you're sitting on the couch thinking, well, I've got at least an hour, maybe a little more to get things ready before people start to arrive. Suddenly, the doorbell rings. Who could that be? You look out the window, and to your horror, your dinner guests are standing there. Apparently, there's been a mix-up in communications on the time you were expecting them. You feel the blood running to your face as you look out the window, and the adrenaline kicks in. You're panicking because you are not anywhere near ready to receive them into your home. You haven't changed into your good clothes yet. Your house still needs to be picked up. The guest bathroom is filthy. The table isn't set, and the meal isn't started. You're feeling embarrassed, and you want to die. What a predicament. You're unprepared, and it feels so awful. For the next three weeks, we are going to be studying three parables that Jesus told from Matthew 25. They are a part of a talk that he gave to his disciples about the end times and when he would return. They had just asked him when would be the end of the age and his coming again. But instead of giving a time, them a timeline... He gave them some guidelines for what to be doing while they wait. He said only the Father knows when the end is, but here's how to live as we wait for that ending. In today's passage, he tells us it's important to be prepared. Now, we know the importance of being prepared in life, don't we? So much of our life is spent preparing for something or being reminded of the importance of being prepared in all matters of life. The student, for instance, in school studies to be prepared for a pop quiz or a test. A person buys insurance to be prepared for the worst. A person saves to be prepared for lean times, rainy days. The athlete trains in preparation for the athletic event. You ever notice the relief pitchers in the bullpen and baseball? They're watching the game, thinking about what they would do if they were called into this situation. And they study the hitters that come to the plate. And you'll see them stretching, maybe even playing some catch. They're getting prepared, just in case a manager calls upon them to enter the game. The musician practices diligently to become more proficient and prepared to perform for audiences. You and I take a flu shot to be prepared to face the flu season, which we know is coming, but we're not sure exactly when it will start. In other words, preparation really is very important. And in our passage, Jesus talks of the eternal importance of preparation for his return in power and glory. He's coming again, you know. In our Apostles' Creed, We say he will come again and judge the living and the dead. All of chapter 25 in Matthew speaks loudly and clearly about that truth in our creed and tells us how we are to live until his return in power and glory. He uses a joyous occasion in today's passage in Jewish culture, from Jewish culture, uh, to teach us about being prepared. It's a parable about a wedding and ten bridesmaids that really wanted to go to it. 
he teaches that the kingdom of heaven, which means God's rule, will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom who would soon be coming to pick up his bride at her house, and then they would process to his home for a ceremony and celebration. That's how they did things. The bridesmaids would accompany them with their lamps lighted, lighting the way to the celebration. Now, in this story, Jesus says there were ten young women, and five were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took no extra oil with them in case there was a delay, so they weren't ready. The five wise ones brought flasks of oil along just in case there was a delay, and they sit and they wait and they wait. It's evening, and when you know it, the bridegroom was delayed. You know how that goes, the best laid plans, something comes up. Anyway, it gets later and later. Where is he? It got so late, they all fell asleep. At midnight, though, came a shout, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. So they rose and prepared their torches or their lamps for the procession, but the foolish one's lamps began to flicker out right after they got them lit. They were out of oil. They asked the wise ones to share with them, but they said, no, there wouldn't be enough to go around for all of them. They'd have to go to the village and find somewhere to buy oil. And while they're going to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Now the foolish showed up later, having missed the bridegroom's arrival, and they found that the door had been shut. And they cried out, Sir, sir, open the door to us. And the bridegroom said, Truly I say to you, I don't know who you are. The bridegroom's statement reminds us, by the way, of another passage when Jesus said, back in Matthew, I think it's verse, chapter 7, Many will call out, Lord, Lord, to me, and I will say, Go away, I don't know you. Then Jesus offers a commentary as he ends this parable. Therefore watch, for you know neither the day nor the hour. In other words, always be prepared. Live expectantly for my return, because I don't want you to miss out on the party. I see good news in this passage and some wisdom as well being imparted by Jesus. First, the good news. There's a party that lies ahead. The kingdom of God is a party. Living with God under his rule forever and ever. It's like a wedding feast. Earlier, Jesus has been describing times of tribulation and troubles in this world that would come upon his own followers, and they shouldn't be surprised by all of that. They should expect it. The world's broken. But look at the image he uses here to describe the end of it all. It's a wedding feast, a joyous occasion, partying with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. You know, he is described in other parts of the New Testament as the bridegroom. There's no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. Tears will be wiped away by God. There will be joy, perfection. 
That's God's plan. He's in charge, moving us towards that day. And he doesn't want us to miss the party. Tragically, though, some will miss out, according to this story Jesus tells. The ten young women in the story all appeared to be ready, but five of them weren't. And they missed the party because they had to run out and get oil. And they showed up late. We don't even know if they found oil for their lamps, but now the door was shut to them and it was too late. How sad. If only they had been prepared, prudent. Now, along with this good news about the kingdom of God that's coming, the party, with this emphasis on wise and foolish bridesmaids, Jesus is imparting some wisdom to us. He says it's wise to keep watching. That means being prepared for my coming. Uh, yes, it could be a long delay. In fact, it has been 20 centuries so far. But still treat each day as if it were the last because it just might be. You never know when the bridegroom will arrive. So we need to ask, what's it look like then to live expectantly and be always prepared for this ending that God has planned? To sum it up, my big idea for today is it means to receive Jesus into your life and then keep watching for the rest of your days for him. First, receive Jesus Christ in faith. There is eternal salvation offered to those who will place their trust in Jesus Christ. And that is not something to be put off. That would be absolutely foolish according to our story. You don't know your future. You don't know when your last breath might be. And then it will be too late to receive him. We should keep in mind that death is as final as the second coming and as unpredictable. For some people, death comes swiftly and unexpectedly in the prime of life. And when it comes, that's it. No more time for preparation. We're either prepared or unprepared. Admitted to the party or facing a closed door. There's no middle ground. So I ask you, if you were to die today, would you be prepared? Have you committed your life to Jesus as your Savior and Lord so that when he returns for you either personally with death or in great glory to consummate his eternal purposes and to end this world's history, you will be ready? If the answer to my question is no, I haven't gotten around to that in my life yet. I've been waiting on that. My appeal is to receive him now. Don't squander the opportunity. To believers in Christ, we're told, after you've received him, keep watching. I can't help but be reminded of Psalm 130, where the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord. Like watchmen, watch expectantly every day, desiring and preparing for his coming. That means keeping your eye on the big picture. 
my wife and I like to listen to Alistair Begg on uh, television. He's a wonderful preacher. Just last week, he said, now next week we'll be studying chapter 2 of of this uh, book of the Bible, God willing. He has his eye on the big picture, you see. There's so much more than just this life as we know it. You keep your eyes on the big picture, like Alistair. We do that uh, in prayer. Prayer is wonderful for keeping our eyes on the big picture. Kingdom praying. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is the first thing Jesus put, Jesus put as a petition in the Lord's Prayer. God's priorities and his plans at the forefront are prayers. The consummation of all things. We pray, come Lord Jesus with your new heaven and new earth. And we pray that his kingdom might come today. But while we're waiting that his will be done in people's lives today, that his kingdom enter into the lives of people, his rule over them as we wait for his reappearing, that he rule over even more people's lives than he does now so that they'll be ready for his reappearing and be welcomed in to his kingdom, that they hear the gospel and they repent and believe in order to be welcomed by Jesus in the end. I pray also that his kingdom come and his will be done in my life personally right now. That he rule over every area of me and use me to bring others to him right up to my dying breath. Unless Jesus returns before that. I think of how Jesus prepared for his atoning death on the cross for our sins. He prayed, thy will be done. Carry out the plan. And he told the disciples for their own ministry, watch and pray not to enter into temptation. Besides kingdom praying, there's another important way of keeping our eyes on the big picture, you know. You study your Bible. You keep reading it and studying it and reminding yourself of the big picture of God's purpose for this world and for your life. And you allow the Holy Spirit to shape you into the image of Jesus through the Word. And you'll be, pre- you'll be prepared to see Him face to face someday. So the parable of the ten bridesmaids serves as a call to self-examination for us. Where am I in my relationship with Christ? Are my priorities aligned with God's priorities? Or am I getting so distracted with secondary earthly concerns that I risk missing what's most important in these days God has given me, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Good question. In our communion liturgy, we proclaim, Christ has come, Christ is risen, Christ is coming again. And that is our joy and hope for the future. Oh, what a party, a wedding feast awaits those who have loved Christ's appearing and long for his reappearing. Such joy. You really don't want to miss this. So get prepared. Amen. He is
Let's pray together. Good and gracious Father, thank you for your amazing love. Help us by the power of your Spirit to always believe in it and to trust and obey and follow Jesus all our days. In his name we pray, amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders, radio and internet ministry. We are grateful for God's continued blessings and faithfulness to this ministry for the past 84 years. And we are excited to lift up his name, point people to Jesus Christ, and stand boldly on his word. And we ask you to prayerfully consider how you might partner with us in support of this ministry. Many listeners have joined our Gem Club. That's a gift every month club. Go to our website and learn how just $10, $20, or $50 a month can make a significant difference to the future of this ministry. Memorial gifts are also a great way to remember a loved one. Donors are published in our quarterly newsletter mailings, and many have discovered it's become a meaningful way to remember a loved one's special day. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part of our ministry. Please consider a final gift to this ministry as part of your estate planning. For more information on how you can make an estate gift, a legacy donation, or a non-cash gift, call us at 319-277-0924 and request advice from one of our trusted Christian finance experts. They'll help you at no cost. Call our office today at 319-277-0924 or visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. Many of you remember Homer Larson and his 51-year history as our lead preacher on Christian Crusaders. It was always Homer's dream to establish a perpetual fund that would receive large gifts to Christian Crusaders so as to build up a fund to cover operating expenses. We are pleased to announce the official launching of the Christian Crusaders Perpetual Fund that receives gifts of $20,000 or more in honor of Homer and Eunice Larson. We invite you to learn more about this fund. Go to our website, christiancrusaders.org. If you'd like to listen to today's message again, you can find it in one of three podcasts. The first podcast, called the CC Broadcast, is where weekly services are archived. The second podcast, called the CC Podcast Conversations, is where we archive inspiring interviews with interesting Christians, such as gangster and murderer Ron Gruber, an NFL football player from the University of Iowa, Ike Boddicker, and other interesting and inspiring interviews. The third podcast, called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotionals, is where we host our daily Bible overview with six-minute devotions. These podcasts can be subscribed to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You'll find links to them at our website, christiancrusaders.org. We're happy you were able to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Today's service was conducted by Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting and podcasting biblical truth since 1936.